For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. I, I don't want to talk about it. You know what I want to talk about, so let's just fucking talk about it. Let's. Let's. Why should you visit TheChairShot.com? TheChairShot.com is your home for hard-hitting reviews, news, opinion, and analysis with attitude why because you're smarter than the average fan thechairshot.com always use your head another edition of the hashtag Miranda show. I am your host, of course, the Twitterless heroine herself, ring announcer to the stars, Miss Fancy Pants, the most professional podcaster, the pop punk princess, and most importantly, the queen of soft style here, Miranda Morales, with you once again for this week's episode of the hashtag Miranda show. Which is a proud part of the Chairshot Radio Network, which you can find on thechairshot.com. 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 Always use your head. And of course, I'm being joined by the motherfucking guy himself. He is a wrestling promoter, if you didn't know that. He's also the kingpin of thechairshot.com, the unstoppable one, the king of shit's takes, Greg DeMarco. Just clicking buttons. I forgot that I changed my name on Zoom to that. Yeah. Totally forgot. How did you not? Like, I thought that was on purpose. 
I was on purpose like an hour and a half ago or whenever I got yeah. on with Patrick because it's the same Zoom call. Like I just didn't close it and 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 I just sent you the link um, after he jumped off. So, yeah, I forgot that it says that. Well, it does. It does. Say and you know what? You know why it says that? Because it's why? motherfucking true. That's why. And yes, he is that with me right now. Guy. Are you fucking with me? Yep, that's right. Oh, oh, we got sneeze alert. We are on yes. sneeze alert here on the hashtag Miranda yes. show. Yes, sneeze alert 2022. This just in. Miranda yeah. Morales has sneezed. Back to you. Thank you, Greg. We'll keep you more up to date on sneeze alert 2022 as you continue to listen to this week's hashtag Miranda show. Wild card, bitches! So you know what we're going to be talking about. People know what, what, what we're going to be talking about yep. because they fucking did it. They, they did, it. did it right to my fucking face. They did. They said I, was so, I wasn't watching. Um, what was I even doing Saturday night? I don't remember where. I think I was out. Um, did the wife and I go out to dinner Saturday night? Yes, the family went out Friday night. The wife and I went out to eat Saturday night. We were at a Greek restaurant, actually. By the way, oh, not okay. that it matters. And I remember looking down at my phone and seeing this text message that just says they fucking did it. And I knew, I just knew yep. what it was about at that they point. They did it to my fucking face after I warned them. After I warned them not to fucking do it. They did. They it. said, fuck you, Miranda, we're gonna do it again. They said fucking nerd. And they did yep. it. And they did and it they to did you. It. And they will do it again because that's what they do. Oh, hey, oh at this point, yeah, that that's it. They're just going to keep on fucking doing it. And when I got that text message, I'm going to be honest with you, I got so excited because I was so happy because I was like podcasting gold. Because I knew what was coming. And I'm glad it's coming because... Despite the fact that it pisses you off, I'm here to entertain the people. Yeah. And there's a lot of people who are happy about it, too. And in some ways, I don't blame them. We're going to be talking through all of my thoughts and feelings on money in the bank. We're going to be talking about the women's money in the bank. Well, both of the ladder match itself, the winner, and then the cash in that happened. So we're going to talk about that. We're also going to talk a little bit about the men's money in the bank because fuck it, why not? Because that was a swerve of swerves. It was. Uh, Patrick and I talked about that on the Greg DeMargo show, but yeah. I uh, definitely had some thoughts and still yeah. do. Well, I have a little, a little bit of thoughts on that. Still so do. we're going to get with that in a little bit. But, you know, before we do that, we got to plug some stuff. Of course, IZW Impact Zone Wrestling still happening August 27th, Psycho Circus. Greg, let them know where our listeners can buy tickets. I mean, there's a lot of places you can buy tickets, but if you want to buy tickets for IZW, and you do, because they won't be gone, um, seriously though, go any social media post at IZW Wrestling AZ for Arizona, at IZW Wrestling AZ, IZWWrestling.com always has the box office link right there. We'll take you to uh, any tickets for all of our shows. Right now, the only show that's on sale is Psycho Circus on August 27th. Uh, however, September will be going up soon enough and, and 
other things that are in the works as well. So um, some set, some will be set. But yes, August 27th, Psycho Circus. We are crowning the first IZW World Women's Champion in over a decade in the Psycho Circus match. And so much more Thugnificent defends against Evan Daniels. Tons of great things. Jordan Cruz makes his debut against Graves. Charles Cassius undefeated, unpinned, not submitted in IZW against Jacob Austin Young. That's a match a lot of people are excited for. And so much more. Come on out. Be a part of it all. IZW Psycho Circus. Saturday, August 27th. Sun Studios of Arizona at IZW Wrestling AZ on social media. IZWWrestling.com. Buy your tickets now. Because this is going to be yet another packed house. Because that's just what we fucking do. And because the building's really small. Yes. Come get it. Come see it at IZW Cycle Circus. Uh, very excited for this show. Uh, very excited for the theme. Uh, I hope soon to learn more about uh, the Cycle Circus match uh, and all that comes with it. Uh, lots of rumors about what it can, could be here to set up uh so i'll be very excited once the official rules have been announced it's funny with uh, with the length of time before the rules come out i've literally get met like like it better be like this it better be like this and and i can tell you that um pretty much they all kind of follow the same theme and and i think everybody that based on the messages i received i i think everybody will be happy when the rules come out yeah excited to hear that don't forget I, mean, I know people. For- I know things about the rules. Yes. Still, some allure. I still, you know, I'm very curious to know what the, again, what the, the full stipulation, the, the match setup will be. Um, I think it'll be very interesting uh, just because of the big hype around really the psycho circus theme. Um, and it's, it sounds like it's going to be an intense one uh, for such high stakes with the ICW women's championship on the line. Um, so I, I know Derek Montia, Commissioner Derek Montia is not going to make it, make it easy for any of these women to be able to get, to get this championship. Um, so that's what's the most intriguing out of this, uh, especially just everything leading up to it. So be excited uh, to continue to see the announcement uh, announcements for Cycle Circus. Uh, make sure you stay tuned to IZW social media, of course, so that way you get information on match and talent announcement, ticket sales, all of that at IZW. Something coming up a little bit sooner than that, though, is Phoenix Championship Wrestling Saturday, July 16th at the Broadway Recreation Center in Mesa. Phoenix Championship Wrestling presents live on Broadway. And tickets are still available at PCWAZ.com. Uh, a pretty stacked card in itself. Uh, with that, we have some pretty great matches lined up, uh, including a six-man tag, Los Suavecitos and Brett the Threat versus Sky High and Remy Marcel. Uh, a big-ass Puerto Rican fight right here with Toa Leona versus Papo Esco. That one, I say whoever wins gets to rule the island. Because um, at that point, I, I'm, whoever wins, I'm taking orders from that set. Like the, the the man who wins that match gets the island, period. Done. He gets it. Gets to claim it. Uh, 
also uh, some really uh, new names to the uh, Phoenix Championship wrestling scene. Um, El Primo Genio Tribeca, who is based out of California. I'm going to be facing Ray Rico. uh, And uh, of course, uh, you know, the big match of the night. Uh, you should come see my future husband, Don Vitale, kick shit out of Joe Graves in a steel cage match. You should just do that. I'm going to be very fucking excited for it. Um, you as should you all should. come. Yeah, as I should. I'm, I'm rightfully excited uh, for Don Vitale to kick the shit out of Joe Graves in a steel cage match. Done. Easy. Yes. That's that's just my my personal highlight of the entire evening. Um, but all of the match and talent announcements are available on Phoenix Championship Wrestling social media at Phoenix Wrestles and of course PCWAZ.com. Uh, we're also going to be having Slam U start the night off with two matches. Um, and uh, of course, to a, a really uh, highly anticipated match, Danielle uh, Camilla versus Jasmine Allure. Um, so this is just a, a really uh, big card. Lots of very interesting matches happening. But I mean, the main event, uh, the steel cage match between Don Vitale and Joe Graves. I'm. It really leaves me speechless. There's a lot I want to to say and even scream, but I'm I'm going to refrain myself because uh, this is not my literal fight uh to fight um is this a little nerve-wracking absolutely but i completely trust uh dom knows exactly what he's doing um and and uh he's very much been looking forward to this opportunity uh to face joe in an environment where neither of them can escape and i say neither of them because joe joe graves is a fucking psycho um and he takes pride in that he loves that he enjoys that um but dom knows him just as well and knows exactly how to deal with the psychopath um so long story short just come and and see see the show see the match um and watch my future husband kick fucking joe graves ass i love the dom knows how to deal with the psychopath and i'm like yeah he's marrying you but, yeah. yeah, yeah, of course, that too. Because that's that too. what a big brother slash best friend would say yes. to you in that moment. And I'm glad <laughs> I could fill that role doing Thank my you. fucking job. Thank you, Greg. You're Thank welcome. you, Gregory. Appreciate it. Oh, Appreciate it. I haven't heard that one in a little bit. So that's good. Yeah. That's, that makes me happy. Yes, of course. Yes. Uh, but in general, support your local wrestling scenes. Uh, make sure you visit and go to your local independent wrestling shows. If for some reason you can't, you can follow them on social media. You could buy a ticket for a friend. Uh, you can buy their merchandise and much, much more. Which leads me to, Greg, another step, another way that they can do that. But in order for me to share that with everyone, go ahead, do me a favor, and wind it the fuck uh, wow, the fuck up. That's the first time you've ever said it like that. That that deserves a special treatment. War games! Of war games! War games! War games! It's time! You goddamn right, it's time for you to go to prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the chair shot to pick up your very own IZW. Yes, I said IZW and 
thechairshot.com t-shirts today. When you go to prowrestlingtees.com forward slash thechairshot, you're going to find a ton of t-shirts supporting IZW and thechairshot.com. That includes the new IZW Pride t-shirt still there, available in black and in white. They look good in both colors. So make sure you can support IZW and also support a larger, beautiful community with the IZW Pride t-shirt. Of course, you have the multiple chair shot shirts like the OG chair logo. Always use your head t-shirts in any style, in any color. Uh, of course, if you are a big fan of the Suck It Nerd sound bite, you can get the t-shirt as well. And much, much more. Uh, that includes the chair shot style, chair shot worldwide, uh, and even t-shirts supporting your favorite uh, chair shot podcasts like A Winner's You, Bandwagon Nerds, Everybody Hates Greg, and of course, the Queen of Soft Style t-shirts, which you can get in any style, including soft style. So what are you waiting for? Go to prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the chair shot. Again, if you can't come to IZW, you can still support IZW by picking up a t-shirt at prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the chair shot. You can support the hashtag Miranda show by getting your t-shirt at prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the chair shot. You can tell everyone that you hate Greg DeMarco by going to prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the chair shot and buying your everybody hates Greg t-shirt. So we got you covered on all of your bases. Buy a shirt, support the chairshot.com, support izw.com, and support your love hatred of Greg DeMarco and Miranda Morales. So prowrestlingtees.com forward the chair shot. I wonder if I get my wife to wear an Everybody Hates Greg t-shirt to your wedding. That would be sick. Amazing. That would be allowed. She'd be Promotional like, consideration paid for by the following. Hey folks, PC Tony here. Thanks to our new partnership with Angry Lemonade, you can save 10% on physical products and digital commissions using the promo code CHAIRSHOT. Head to angrylemonade.net to check out their amazing catalog of products and services. Use the promo code CHAIRSHOT to save 10%. That's angrylemonade.net. So we're talking about it, money in the bank. We talked about it last week, specifically highlighting the men and women's money in the bank ladder matches. We're going to start off with the fucking women's because I told you this was going to happen. Uh, so no, let's you start said off if with, it happens. I didn't think it was going to happen. happen. I really didn't. I really fucking didn't think it was going to happen. But let's start at the beginning. Okay. Start at the beginning. We have, yes, our... Money in the bank briefcase holder, Liv Morgan. Someone that neither of us predicted. Um, and it was a surprise, not surprise in a way. The first thing that really came to mind was a conversation that we had not too long ago, probably around Royal Rumble time, even like Queen of the Ring time. Forget exactly what other times we've it's had come up conversation. Times. It's come up multiple times because it felt like the company wasn't quite all in on Liv Morgan. Um, that she was getting herself in some more high profile matches. Someone that has been really, as you've talked about it, in the life cycle of storytelling and booking for years and has really gone through some big ups and downs. Um, but someone who was you know, staying persistent and someone that the fans were coming behind, you know, they were really garnering support, but it always just quite felt like they quite weren't either ready or 
on the um, the Liv Morgan push or bandwagon until she grabbed that briefcase and became the Money in the Bank uh, briefcase holder. What were your initial thoughts when this happened? Because again, neither of us predicted her as as the winner. Um, initial initial thought was like, well, she's not going to have this very long <laughs> um, because. It's just the character, like it didn't fit to carry it that long. Like that was my little because we spent so long talking about someone having the briefcase for an extended period of time. The first thing that came to mind was like, how can she hold it for a long time? And I couldn't think of how. Um, and 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 so that was a struggle for me. I was like, how the fuck do we do this when I wanted it to happen for you and for storytelling in general? I wanted her yeah. to hold the briefcase for for longer because I thought that it was, um, you know, that it would, that it would make sense and, and that it would be a good thing to tell and, and a good story to do and all of that stuff. And, and we didn't get it. Um, but it's, it's like, to me, it was also thought of like, okay, we're going to do this. And I think everybody wanted to win the Royal rumble. Obviously they had other plans and, and, you know, with Rhonda coming back and that was planned months in advance and all of that. And, and it, 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 it was, it was a lot of thoughts. It was the thoughts of the cycle that you talked about. Like it's that ups and downs of booking in WWE and, and now, all right, here's the up and here's the upswing and we're ready to do it. And I was at SmackDown on Friday night. And the interesting thing about that, and, and I might try to get some of that in at the end of the show because I had some thoughts. Um, she won. She got the pinfall in the six woman tag team match and then Becky attacked and she attacked Asuka afterwards and i was like well she's not winning the briefcase <laughs> like because you know it's the age-old adage yeah, of like when yeah. you win going in if you, you win, win the go home show you're did. gonna lose and and who knows we'll get reports later if it was changed yeah whatever um they see something in her they see the reactions they see all of that she is extremely likable she is extremely relatable patrick and i talked a little bit about this and there was a, a facebook thread in one of the private like wrestling groups that I'm in, people were like, why do you think the reaction to Liv Morgan was so positive? Miranda Morales aside. Um, and that's uh, an unfortunate circumstance for, um, for, for Liv Morgan. And it's because I think when you look at the seven people in the match to a woman in the audience, to a woman watching on television, and this is, I don't want to come off wrong because it really shouldn't, but too many of those people, she is the most like them. Physically, she's not this perfectly sculpted plastic surgery body. She is a normal, if you see her on the street, she's a normal looking human being. So to that person watching, that could be them. And, and so she is relatable in that sense to a normal human being. And she's an every woman in a lot of ways in that regard. Her character's not an every woman, but when you see her, when you hear her talk, Everything about her screams every woman. She just doesn't have that character. And, and so I think it's so easy for people to get behind her. Um, and, and all of those things like add up to her winning the brief, not talking about the cash in, but to her winning the briefcase. It's, it's, there is that it's about time. There is that, okay, let's really see what this can be element to it all. And don't get me wrong. I wasn't upset at all with Liv Morgan uh, winning and even the cash in I, I have very complex feelings about um, I was like I said I was surprised because it had always seemed at least especially in 
you know, probably, wow, almost the past year that they're, you know, would maybe not hedge bet, but like maybe there's a possibility she's going to, you know, move up or maybe she's going to be seen in a different light. And again, the fans, I think, more organically have been feeling that mm-hmm. um, and uh, it, it's just taken that much time and i don't know i don't want to actually make a blanket statement that it says it's taken this long for the company to see because i don't think that's true i think nah, that they've, you know right. planted seeds and they've seen things um and again too i i agree i don't really know internally or the backstory with all of the long-term versus short-term booking behind this and how long this has been planned and not planned um but I do think that they, it's a recognition as well of, you know, the fan support behind her um, and someone who's very likable and someone that you have as a very good baby face right now um, in a non-champion role. Um, and so I thought that it did make sense. I think that based off of some of the other women in the match, you know, like we said, you know, kind of storybooked ourselves into a corner telling the story about Becky, you know, and, and the look and the feel it would have if she won. Um, and even the fact that they, you know, really, even on commentary on Friday talked about, you know, Becky's been in this losing streak and Becky's, you know, has lost some, some momentum. And so it almost felt like storytelling, you know, her, even if it was a cheap win, or, you know, uh, uh, a sly win was going to win money in the bank. But I think this definitely was a feel good moment that the fans were totally behind. And I think a really great way to open the show in particular to have her becoming the women's briefcase holder, like as this really feel good moment to kick off the entire show. I agree with you. And I think it's, it's, and I, not a whole lot else I can say without going into the cash in. So yeah, yeah. I don't want to go into the cash in yet. So yeah, so we'll 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 transition in that because my again my first thought was no you're, you're no you're fucking not you know like, like yes, you're really yes, yeah yeah that's yes we fucking are we're going to do this and I because granted I I wasn't initially envisioning you know what is it going to look like with her as the briefcase holder but I kept thinking like not again you're not going to do this again another night of cash in. But the interesting thing there was that you had two babyface champions. Mm-hmm. And so they when when both babyface champions won, you kind of think it's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. At that point. Yeah. Of course we're wrong, but you kind of think it's not going to happen. When Ronda wins, it's like, okay, probably not going to happen. Yeah. What I and I don't know if I'm old school. I don't know if I'm just very particular about it. But the way that the cash-in happened to me, when I think of cash-in, I think a bit of an opportunist, whether you're a face or a heel, you know, capitalizing on an opportunity, capitalizing on a moment. And first thing that we see with Liv coming out is that, you know, Rhonda's still pretty hurt from her match with Natalia, uh, very hard for her to stand up after she had been locked in the sharpshooter that she put in uh, that ankle lock. And it was hard for her to put it on just because she couldn't put too much weight on her leg, on her legs. Um, but to me, it just kind of felt like it was a, a little deflated because, and I just don't know if it was the execution of the ankle lock that was 
it was hard, obviously, because, you know, it was hard for her to actually really lock it in firmly because of her legs. But it just also felt um, a little, I don't want to say sloppy, but somewhat sloppy. Um, and again, I understand that was part of the intention of, you know, she was tired. She was she was injured. But when I think of what I think Liv really needed to do was establish this level of dominance, a level of, you know, I'm I'm taking and seizing this moment. And I just couldn't quite feel that with the layout of this very quick match, because after, you know, Ronda had a hard time putting in the ankle lock, Liv got a, a roll up for the win and that was it. And to me, I felt like Liv needed to do something more defining to make a statement, especially against Ronda Rousey to, to say, I'm taking this, this is mine. So I thought it would have been slightly better executed with some kind of power move or some kind of move that more took Ronda out. Yeah, I agree, it's- but I don't know. Unless she like somehow locked her in an ankle thing and made her tap out since mm-hmm. the ankle was what was injured or the knee or however. Um, and you know, Ron is never going for that. Um, mm-hmm. I just, they have to build that from here because I don't think that yeah, was ever exactly. going to happen. And, and it, it's, it's, it's like Patrick and I on the great DeMarcus show went back and forth on all the idiots that caused Shotzi Blackheart to go off of Twitter. And he's complaining to the high, you know, to the end of the day about it. And I'm just like, well, that was just never going to, like, those people are always going to be idiots. And we can't do anything to change those people being idiots. All we can change is, is how we, you know, react to those things and toughen up is what I said. But um, but Ronda was never going to tap out. And so I think that the dominant champion, the strong champion, the strength of her reign has to come next. And I think it was always going to have to come next. It is hard for a baby face to cash in on anybody unless it's like this dastardly heel. Like if Natalia had done all these horrible things to cheat to win and then she Mm -hmm. cashes in like that would, that would work and make sense. Like when Nikki Ash cashed in, it was against Charlotte. And so Mm -hmm. there, there's that element to it. Um, and, and so it all just, you know, adds up from there for Liv. I don't think the cash in unless a heel became champion. I don't think the cash-in was ever going to really feel right. So what's going to matter is what they do from there. I think mm-hmm. that the cash-in was going to be a wash no matter what, unless something dastardly happened and she swooped in as a hero to save the day. Um, so you just had to get through it at that point and what you do next. I still don't like the embrace afterwards. but Yeah, to me, it was that That was just the weird part. I don't. I don't know. It was... It's, it just also seemed not that Rhonda's character is very established. Right. It's, she's she very fluid. She uh, but to me, it just felt very weird to be like, okay, she just rolled you up. She took your title from you, seemingly. And now you're giving her a hug. I took it a couple ways. I took it as like a, a, a that element we talked about, like everybody's happy for Liv Morgan and Rhonda mm-hmm. Rousey. It's like Rhonda Rousey, there's it, a possibility of like, okay, I'm no, I'm no longer pro wrestler Ronda Rousey. I'm now like mom and friend Ronda Rousey. And mm-hmm. I'm giving you hugs. I'm happy for you. And I'm going to be the first person who shows that I'm happy for you and, and hands you the title and all that stuff. But I also have a feeling, and we may never know the answer to this question, although I could probably try to find out. That probably wasn't supposed to happen, is mm-hmm. my guess. I bet Ronda just did that. Now, there are reports that Ronda was like the one who said to do this. Mm-hmm. that she deserves it, give the people what they want, do this now kind of a thing. Um, and if that's the case, then 
so be it. Um, but even if that is the case, if you didn't feel it was the right moment as a company, they wouldn't have done it. So, um, but yeah, the Rhonda thing was just weird. I, I don't like that. And I have a feeling it wasn't planned. And like I said, we may never know. We may never know at all. But um, yeah, so, just added to the weirdness of it. So the cash in itself happened approximately an hour and 45 minutes after she won it. That means that out of the technically, I guess, if we want to say seven, if because Carmela is technically a two-time Women's Money in the Bank uh, briefcase holder, yeah. um, that of the all seven uh, ladder matches, and meaning of of the six women who have uh, won this briefcase, they have all approximately have been cashed in within anywhere between an hour and a half to 24 hours of of winning. Yep, we have not since Carmella since the first one mm-hmm. which they still didn't get right the first time. Yeah. They have not had a woman carry the briefcase and they've had heels win it. Alexa did it, mm-hmm. Bailey did it like they've had Well, Bailey wasn't a heel when she did. She wasn't a heel, so really the only heel that has won it really i mean carmella and alexa bliss i would say were both heels when when they won it and again Um, bailey cashed in opportunistic yes but because she did it on charlotte it was okay and charlotte just did what she did to becky right before then and becky Mm -hmm. had the two matches like that was actually i liked that i from a creative standpoint Mm -hmm. i liked how that whole thing ended um because charlotte was an opportunist and then becky or and then um, and then Bailey was the opportunist. Yeah. So I was okay with mm-hmm. it, but yeah, this is, yeah, you're right. Like, I, I do think Liv would have benefited holding this briefcase longer. And I think there's still a sense of identity yeah, and more of a clear cut identity that I think we're looking for, or, or that needs to be defined a bit more with Liv, you know, people like her, but more, who is she? Um, uh, we got a little bit of that with her her match with with Becky, I believe, mm-hmm. was it day one, um, where you know we got the sense of you know someone who was an underdog under pretty big odds, um, but at the same time too, it, it's been hard to kind of again. I think in wrestling, personas and characteristics have to be blown out of proportion. They have to be bigger. Um, and whether it's wrestling as far as someone's maybe style or their personality or their demeanor, there has to be something that's just, you know, big or more. And I feel like Liv is still on the cusp of that, but it's still somewhat of a challenge to know who, who she is. You know, I think some of it is, yeah, because she's very relatable. But when you even think about someone like, in contrast, like Bianca Belair, who is a ridiculously great athlete, you know, someone who has exaggeration of, you know, whether it's her gear, her hair, her athleticism, it's 
big, you know, even big time Vex, you know, uh, even though maybe she's not, you know, the biggest or strongest, she is with the loudest personality. Uh, even, you know, to her credit too, Shotzi, like someone that we were looking forward to in this match because she goes into wrestling with reckless abandonment. You know, there's something that's just both visually and wrestling wise, something that gives that extra umph. And I think would live, you know, I'm sure she's still figuring out, maybe the company's still figuring it out, but I think that the money in the bank briefcase could have been something to help establish more of an identity. I agree with you. I do think that that it could have, but I also think I think this Liv Morgan character has a low ceiling. I really do. Oh. Um, and what's interesting is that and again, I get to put on the Booker promoter hat, although the way I'm doing it with my hands, it's more of a giant helmet. Um, yeah, I was going to say, it looks like a, a space helmet. It's the guy from Spaceballs. It's Dark Helmet. Yeah. Um, I I would – so remember when she was coming back and they did all the vignettes and she was in the bathtub and she was all this. And then she came back and she was like Lana's secret love or not Bob Lashley's secret love and then did all that. Like I would use – you could have done it with the briefcase. But I think it's even easier to use with the championship for this thing to go to her head and get her back to that character Mm -hmm. and basically turn her because I do think – because the sad thing is – and this happens a lot. And I've I've used these examples before in the past, uh, different examples of this. Sometimes when somebody wins a championship, story's over. Yeah. And there's really not a lot of ways to go with it. Well, I I think – Let's look at last year with Nikki Ash. Yeah, I think well, that's exactly what happened. With her. Nothing, that and that's why she she kept it for and such a you know limited amount of time. This live character could be that. Mm-hmm. It really could, like Daniel Bryan Danielson. Okay, when he won at WrestleMania 30, his reign ended because he had to forfeit the title. It would have ended at the hands of Brock Lesnar at SummerSlam via squash match. Like there was nothing they could do to top WrestleMania 30 at that point. And I don't know if current Liv Morgan can do anything to top unless she goes out there and beats Ronda Rousey, but mm-hmm. she'd still be the underdog. And I feel like this version of Liv is always going to be the underdog, but that original, not the original version of Liv, but the version of Liv that came back after being gone for a bit, that was a heel. That's the only version for me that I think can really work. And it does require you to turn her, which is fine because they're a little baby face heavy. Look, everybody in the Money in the Bank ladder match except for Becky Lynch was a baby face. Um, and so I think that that's really where they're at. And that to me is the only way that this can work long term. Otherwise, she's probably going to lose it and people are going to complain about that. Cause yeah, what, when Charlotte Flair comes back, she, like Charlotte's, yeah, Charlotte's going to beat her and there we go. Yeah, or Ronda wins I, it back or. Yeah, and then we get Charlotte and Bianca at Survivor Series, which I think people would want anyway. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I don't know. And that's a good point because really, honestly, when you think about, you know, the Survivor Series matchup, a live versus uh, Bianca matchup, it doesn't sound as interesting. No, I mean, some of the fans are, are freaking out over when they see the picture of them together from Raw and all of that, but like... I don't think, and they typically do swap one of those titles on the road to Survivor Series. 
when they do the brand versus brand gimmick. I can't um, swap these fucking belts anymore. But I'll and they it. probably will just to yeah. change it up and and give off that anything can happen vibe. But I think that um, yeah, I just think this current version of her. But if you turn her, then I think it can last longer. So I'm gonna do some rapid fire, just random thoughts about maybe why are we here again yep. uh, for what a fifth time in a row uh, yes. of the women's money in the bank uh, briefcase holder cashing in as 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 soon as they do, and these they're not necessarily things that I believe, but I think more just general thoughts circulating with wrestling fans okay. about why this is happening to kind of discuss. One is. Is there any, uh, I don't want to say truth because that's not, this, there is no valid truth to this, but is there any validity in a thought that the, the company only wants to focus on one briefcase holder at a time? So w- with the men's that there is a, a men's money in the brief, a bank briefcase holder and the company would rather focus on just one than having two th- simultaneous storylines. That's a good possibility. It's a very good possibility, especially when you look at who holds the men's briefcase mm-hmm. and what that can do for that person. And if I had to pick between the two, I would pick Austin Theory to hold the briefcase for longer. Mm-hmm. I would. Taking away the issue with the women's briefcase. Um, the fact that it's never never there. Um, and to me, that's you know unfortunate, but I just feel like the, the, they, the, the briefcase – Maybe they think it'll confuse fans with two briefcases running around for too long. I don't know. Um, but I just, yeah, I just think that's a possibility. Um, and maybe that is, and maybe that is it. And they just always put that focus on the men because it was the men's briefcase long before it was ever two briefcases. Mm. And it's just hard to get out of that mode. So that kind of leads to kind of a follow up question Is there any patience with women's storytelling? Is there, we talk about storytelling, kind of doing long-term storytelling. Is, does the WWE, is that something they focus on with women's wrestling? Or does that tend to happen more by happenstance, more by luck than by intentionality? I do think it's by luck yeah. than intentionality. I really do. Because, and I don't know if you're going there. And if you do, I apologize. I also think when Money in the Bank has long been like the fifth major, right? The fifth major pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. The they want to create a huge moment, okay? Back when there was, they had the night where every member of the Shield held the world title on the same night because of, of Dean Ambrose cashing in. Like there's lots of things that have happened along the way. And I feel like we want something bigger. We want something bigger. Let's have a cash in. And it mm-hmm. always tends to be the women because I do think there's a plan in place because they're better at telling long-term storylines for the men. They, they are, and they need to fix that. And I think for this money in the bank, I also think part of it was they look at the car, they look at what's going on. They're like, what else can we do? Well, we could have live cash in. Here's the other thing. Almost, and maybe every single time that the women, because the women is now cashed in what? Three times night of? Four times night of? Three. Three times night of, every single time the men's Money in the Bank ladder match has been the main event. Mm-hmm. So you're not going to cash in. Imagine if the men's Money in the Bank ladder match went on fifth and Ronda versus Natalia was the main event. 
was the last match on the card. And the show ender was Liv cashing in. Mm -hmm. Then it would have felt bigger. But I do think they want to create a moment and they tend to use the women's cash in to create that moment, which is a testament to how they view the women that that they they can create that moment but then it does cheat them out of any other long-term storytelling that could take place because they're like we in a moment we know this moment works we're going to do this moment so will the theme or the idea of money in the bank especially for the women's for, for the women's opportunity ever feel as equal to the men's um i can tell you that the amount of excitement the amount of buy-in to me it continues to decrease for the women's briefcase because you had carmella held it beyond wrestlemania and maybe might have held it longer than anyone uh, I believe that is the case. She held it, I believe, seven days longer than Edge. Yeah. In so, his first cash in. And Rollins won his over the summer and then cash in at WrestleMania. So I do think, yeah, that makes sense. And Ziggler, he cashed in the night after WrestleMania. So, um, so yeah, she has the longest, you know. Reign. But even then, if you look at some of those longer reigns, you know, Edge at 280, you know, what that. He was the first, you know, too. Like he had he to was the it. first. Yeah. Almost had to forget you he know. had it sometime. Like, and that's because no one knew yeah. what Cash In looked like. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that one was introduced yeah. by Vince McMahon. And yeah. it, it's so it is weird, but Alexa's Cash In was very memorable. Night of Cash In, very exciting. Mm-hmm. Bailey's was memorable because of the booking around it. But then it's kind of Asuka's was w- what it was. And, mm-hmm. and that's kind of. It counts and it hurts, but there wasn't really any other. That's just how they chose to do it. They didn't have to, mm-hmm. but then it's like titles vacant. And what does Asuka do? Can she just cash in and become champion? Like it's just yeah. how they chose. And remember, they were in COVID. They were dealing with all this stuff. So there, there's that issue. Um, and that's and then Nikki Ash like probably never should have held the briefcase, but again, she made this character. They were going with. They're given the opportunity. I just feel like that briefcase does feel lesser than through all of mm-hmm. this. And I can't. And I don't want to say it's not, it's not because the men's briefcase had that much, that many years prior. You know, I feel like they could have definitely utilized the past few years as a way to establish it uh, as an yes. even part. Um, cause I feel like they've done that with the women's Royal Rumble match that the stakes do feel as high as the men's because of the way that they treated that opportunity, you know, to go to WrestleMania. Um, and I think that that's where the tricky thing as a fan, where you want to have opportunities and, and equal opportunities for women, when the WWE kind of shits the bed on the actual implementation of it or execution of it, you're kind of like, well, what, what was that for? It almost makes you second guess. Well, do we need a women's equivalent to a men's, you know, when we had the queen of the ring tournament, you know, that was a whole, you know, uh, discussion about women's airtime and, you know, uh, and even though the win 
overall was a success for Selena Vega. It was something that the execution of the entire thing itself was one that was very lackluster. And um, even the women's tag team titles, you know, that's a, that's a whole other category of something that yes, it was great in the beginning. And then, you know, for multiple reasons, didn't quite continue in a strong way. So it does feel like in the moment they'll give fans, sure, this is what you asked for. This is what you want. But then pretty much once the shininess of the actual opportunity or event starts to wear down, they're already moving on to an X. So it's almost feeling like a way to placate fans uh, to have these opportunities for women, but then never really follow through on making it feel important. It It, it is... Yeah, it is the bread and butter of the company still, and and they still don't they don't have as many women, they don't have as many women storylines, they don't have as many women segments. All of that's still true, at least in the main roster. Although half of Money in the Bank was women's matches, um, and and so there's that. But yeah, it's it's just very it is a problem. It really yeah. is, and it's also and it is- there's also this element of they they repeat things. Mm-hmm. Uh, we look at last week on television. I remember because, you know, I talked about how we went to SmackDown. I looked over at my wife and I was like, they opened Raw with a Battle Royal. And then they opened SmackDown mm-hmm. with a Battle Royal. And every year at Money in the Bank, a woman cashes in. And it's it's just a lot of repeat things. And and it just, you know, and they had they opened Raw with a Battle Royal. They didn't want to do a six-man tag because it been a six-woman tag. Like, th- there's reasons. I get it. But it just was like, they just did, they just did this. And they, they do fall into those patterns and they do, you know, it's, it's like, we got to make a decision. We got to do something. Well, we know this works, so we're going to do this. And and maybe they just got to get better at the creative side for the women. Yeah, which is, has been something that's just been a notorious request, you know, from yeah. fans, even from, from, you know, their own talent of really take some more time to be more creative with women's storylines. And, you know, and even they when have they do stuff like I thought they were doing a great job with Rhea Ripley in the Judgment Day, and then she got hurt. Yeah, and you know, I think it would have been even better if Rhea Ripley was won the Money in the Bank contract because now she's got her with the briefcase, and she's got a whole freaking stable. Like mm-hmm. it would have been easy to tell a story, and then she got hurt, which, which that's going to happen. But yeah, it's it's put more focus on it, put more energy around it. You have every resource in the world. As I say, you know, I understand sometimes the hate of WWE because they have every resource available to them. You know, there's no reason why they shouldn't be investing more time into just being a little bit more original with this. You know, and even if they would have outlined a passion time frame, still, I think it's important for the wrestlers themselves and even just the this this i mean it's almost a title you know it's a very well-respected title to have as money in the bank you know briefcase holder that they tout so much for the men you know yes the women of 100 percent cash in yes but in the odds of the statistics it doesn't look nearly as grandiose so i do feel like this is a do better situation you know, mm-hmm. they can do better. Uh, and yes, maybe the freak out wasn't as big and exaggerated as I had talked about last week, but it still is a moment where it's like they fucking did it. They, they fucking did it. 
it was a fuck you to whoever, you know, thought that they could uh, keep it. Granted, we'll talk about the men's money in the bank ladder match because that was a whole other fuck you in a different way. Uh, but, you know, it still is a, a do better moment. It is. Um, and, you know, we'll we'll see. I mean, time will tell with exactly how successful this reign is. You know, we were able to see how quickly maybe the cash in wasn't so great for Nikki A.S.H., I hope it doesn't, you know, happen to Liv Morgan, but literally we just talked about it. Sometimes history repeats itself. We are going to be taking a commercial break and we will be back and talk about the men's money in the bank ladder match and the subsequent winner. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. This is your boy, Kenny Killer, telling you to make sure you check out TheChairShot.com, bringing you breaking news, interviews, podcasts galore, everything pro wrestling. Make sure you check it out, TheChairShot.com. So the men's money and the bank ladder match. I'm going to do this again. Well, we're going to start at the beginning uh, with... Who was the last person uh, added to this match? And Greg, you were at SmackDown, uh, and you were just talking about it a little bit. Uh, we we talked about it last week, where originally the last qualifying match was supposed to be uh, Ezekiel versus Kevin Owens. That didn't happen. It got moved to SmackDown, where you know all the participants in the match were up on their ladders and talking and stuff, and then those who had originally been part, you know, Ezekiel came out, uh, Baron Corbin came out, everyone kind of coming out saying, you know, who's going to get this last uh, shot or uh, opening in the match. Then former NWA World Heavyweight Champion Adam Pierce came out, WWE official, uh, to say they're going to have a battle royal. When, though, the battle royal was with people who were already in the match versus people trying to get in the match. So it really wasn't clearly stipulated about, you know, well, what happens if someone who's already in the match wins? Like, does it, there's no advantage to it. So that was kind of strange. Well, the, um, the spot was never on the line in the Battle Royal. It was just a Battle yeah. Royal. For the sake of having a Battle Royal. That's well, why that's they the called thing. it they- good old-fashioned Battle Royal. Well, then in commentary, they'll play it up is that the winner would get the opportunity in the battle royal. Um, and then we, we did get Baron Corbin who won that. And then later on in the night, uh, a bunch of people were like, fuck you, Corbin. Um, so they had another fucking match. Uh, we can tell you in the arena, no one thought Baron Corbin qualified that was yeah i was gonna say that was they didn't put very up a different on television. they didn't add him to the graphic they didn't do any of that yeah stuff. very different on television and again i don't know if they knew what they, they were saying watch. on television or again i it was hard for me to follow 100 percent. very hard for me to follow um but then they had another match later that night where 
uh, Mad Cat Moss won, and he officially was the last person to get into uh, the the match. And so that kind of leads me to ask Greg, did they fucking know who was going to be the last person in the match? Like, was was literally, did it, you think it was as last minute as it seemed with Madcap getting that last spot after all of this kind of back and forth and this match, I, this match? and I think the plan was Kevin Owens. Mm-hmm. I think Kevin Owens is going to be the last person in the match. I think he was going to beat Ezekiel or Elrod or whoever and find his way into the match. And his injury kind of messed things up. I thought when they did the four-way to qualify, I thought Ezekiel was going to win. Because mm-hmm. he's been on a roll, or the Miz, because um, he's star power in the match. Um, but then it ended up being Madcap Moss, which is fine. They're building him up. No one thought yeah. Madcap was going to win the briefcase, though. But what's interesting is that they then add Austin Theory to the match, yep. and by going with, "Ooh, there's an eighth person." Why even put Madcap in the spot? Exactly. Why not just That's leave exactly, it a mystery? Just leave it open and leave the mystery of. We're going to announce, you know, the the seventh participant the night up. Don't even say anything. Just leave it. Have commentary be like, who's the seventh person? We don't know. All night. We still don't know who it is. Have Adam Pierce backstage. I can't say or I don't know or I'm waiting to hear back on something or, you know, whatever it could be. Different people campaigning to him. Put me in the spot, you know, and and just, just why put, you know, I think if you left it vacant, there's there's more intrigue there there's more of that plus you get to have the vacant twitter account claim they're going to win the briefcase and that's fun too and and there's just so much you could have done but instead you put madcap in there when he wasn't even going to win and i'm sure they knew i'm sure they knew for a while that austin theory was going to win this briefcase yes that that one it seems like it was very intentional and i have to admit both when when austin theory lost the united states title I knew that was because of whatever's next. I did not think he was going to be added to the match, but I knew something was going to happen in a roundabout way where he was going to move on to the world title picture. Mm-hmm. Um, I was surprised that he was added to the match um, and kind of even a bit more when he won just because of, of that. And we talked about, you know, all the different options. Riddle seemed to be a very natural choice. And like I said, I kind of booked myself into a corner when they talked about that stipulation of he could never challenge again. Why would they make that stipulation if he couldn't win? You have a good, a solid point. You know, there's still the Royal Rumble. So let's see if that happens. Um, but yeah, Austin Theory winning the money in the bank briefcase. What? Was your initial thoughts too about him winning the briefcase? I mean, the first thought was, here we go. We've all said this guy is the future. We've all said this guy is going to be a big star. Here we go. Like we've strapped a rocket to him. They put him in the ring with Pat McAfee at WrestleMania. Like that right there is a trust thing, right? They, they trust him with a non-wrestler at WrestleMania. They attached him to Vince McMahon. They have been quote unquote shoving him down our throats for a while now. Knowing that people would complain that they've been shoving him down our throats because he's a heel, right? Mm-hmm. He's on TV just as much as Bianca Belair, but nobody's complaining about her. But we're shoving Austin Theory down our throats. Um, this is where we are. This is what it's time for. This is what we're, what we're doing. This is everything. Um, and they need to, they need to do this. The guy's like 24, 25, 26 years old. He is going to be a megastar in the future. He's, 
I don't think he's going to be the next John Cena because I don't think there's anything babyface about the guy. But I do think he could be the next Randy Orton whenever mm-hmm. Orton's done. And and he's young enough. And, and a lot of the babyfaces they have in the pipeline, Riddle's in his 30s. Montez Ford's in his 30s. He's going to be big. Um, you know, some of these other people with that. But then you look at Braun Breaker's young. And I still think Julius Creed's going to be a huge star. And you've got Carmelo Hayes who's more of a heel. But the, the people are there. The talent's there. Uh, and Roman's not even that old. Like, it, it's... There's, there's, then that's why they can cut everybody because they have stars for the next decade easily. Um, but everyone build new stars. That's the complaint you see all the time. We're building new stars. They've been building riddles since the beginning of the year. Like, like they've been building new stars. People just can't complain about who those stars are sometimes, but they're, they're I kind of think about it in a different way. It's like they, he essentially Roman needs someone new to beat. Um, when he's already, some people think uh, that. I kind of, you know, granted, he could do the surprise. I mean, think about the the swerve of the century if Theory were to be Roman uh, for one of those belts. Uh, that, granted, it, and, and it would be exactly in the character of Theory to do it in a very underhanded way. Um, but if, if he were to win, it would be just the the amazement of everybody it would be unbelievable but you also look at everybody that roman has beat and will need to continue to beat over what the next year possibly two years who knows you gotta add some more fresh blood into the water and i think you know theory is still young enough where even if you were to have a cash in attempt and lose it wouldn't you know it, it wouldn't be so much of an issue where it would stunt his growth. You know, I feel like there's still so much time for him and he would just, you know, be able to still go on that trajectory, especially as a heel, people would want him to lose. So it would only add to it. I'm, I'm kind of in the camp of, you know, Roman has already gone through so many people and he's going to need to go through a few more. Why not theory? It's weird because Roman's going to beat Brock at SummerSlam. Roman's going to beat Drew McIntyre at Clash of the Castle, unless they get with Drew McIntyre and Tyson Fury. And maybe they will because they don't want you to lose. And, and who knows? But I could see Theory using it almost in a babyface way to get a title match at Clash of the Castle. Mm-hmm. I think that he's, I think they, I still think they're going to use the briefcase to split the titles back up. Mm-hmm. Like they, they did, they did the unification because they wanted that Roman versus Brock match to be bigger than any one that happened before. And that's how they did it. They're doing the one that SummerSlam because Randy Orton got hurt. Um, and that's why they're making the last man standing match and calling it the final showdown between the two. Cause again, they want every match between the same two guys to be bigger than the last. I think when, however theory cashes in, I do think he's going to win, but then I think we're going to be on raw or on SmackDown and they're going to use it to split up the titles and Roman still keeps the universal, keeps that reign intact. Now we mm-hmm. have a champion on Raw and, and here we go with that. Um, but you're right. Theory could lose and be fine. He totally could lose and, and he's young enough. It wouldn't hurt him if he lost to Roman and they could just want to do another one for Roman. But then I think they would have done it. I don't know. I don't think they would have done it on on the future. Then I think you get a victory by a Sami Zayn who Roman's already beat 
or a madcap moss or someone like that. Like, I don't think they do that with theory just unless it's part of the story though. Because again, his story is he's trying to impress Mr. McMahon over and over mm-hmm. and over again. Exactly. And, and if he keeps failing, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, if he keeps failing, that's it, you know, almost comedic in and of itself. Or maybe, yeah, maybe he finds the way to finally do it too. I, I totally understand your perspective as well. Because where- if he cashes in successfully at SummerSlam, he's winning because of Brock Lesnar. Yes. Yeah. He's not well, and think about, you know, when, when people have done that surprise. Now, granted, not so much of a surprise because he's already said he wants to do it at SummerSlam. So, you know, um, but hypothetically, if there was a surprise, I think he would absolutely be the best at the surprise cash in. Like that would be I perfect for his character. And really think about, you know, some of the big surprise cash ins when, you know, the edges and Dolph Ziggler's and Miz's and, uh, you know, like those people who've had uh, Seth Rollins, you know, I mean, the people have built their careers on that. So I could absolutely see where a surprise cash in and a win could take theory to the next stratosphere because it's that kind of storytelling and that kind of direct correlation. And thing with the character, like people remember that people still talk oh, yeah. about those legendary surprise passions um and when you think about someone who would you know i would say benefit but just also someone who would embrace it character wise and be amazing at it theory's the first person to come to mind 100 percent. i agree i agree and and i think it would work and i think it would launch him i really hope because they've announced that roman's going to be on smackdown on friday um because we got to build SummerSlam now I really hope to God Theory's there and Theory's there because Roman summoned him to come to SmackDown and they actually have him come to the ring and Roman like issue him some kind of a warning, like just some situation where Theory is so intimidated yeah. and so scared and basically is like in a situation where he's he's not saying he won't cash in, but he's like, you know, they just they just put the fear of God into him like the mafia would do and, and Roman's the mm-hmm. mafia guy, right? The mafia leader. Um, cause not NXT cause that's Tony D, but it's to me, it, it all like that, I think is a great bit of character development for, for Austin theory at this point to be scared shitless of Roman Reigns, knowing in the back of his head, this is probably the guy I have to cash in on. Yeah. Yeah. Literally that is the only way to cash in. There's not even an option right. to do it. You have to cash in. on. And if they do that, man. it'll be interesting if Roman says you have to cash on to uh, cash in on me because I have both belts, does he refer to them as separate entities? Not because I because he's still holding both belts. Mm-hmm. They still haven't introduced a singular title. He's still holding both belts. Like he's this is not going to be undisputed forever. And and I could see him, you know, making that intimation. Well, you got to cash in on one of them, and I have them both. So what are you going to do? And and seeing seeing that, like I think that's a good bit of character development in Austin Theory, and then to have him played off backstage as like, no, I'm confident, you know, whatever, like completely opposite of how he is in the ring, like that. I think would be a great bit of storytelling, mm-hmm. and I hope they go there. And if if yeah. if they're not sure what to do and they hear this on on Wednesday afternoon, you're welcome. Yeah, obviously because they fucking do things to piss me off on purpose. Like on fucking purpose, they do these things to piss me they, off. They did on, sun, on Saturday. They did. they did it. They did, did it on it. Saturday. They knew, and they said, "Fuck you, Miranda." 
we're going to have the we're going to have Liv Morgan cash in, you know, an hour and a half after she wins her. her it was on the case. format. It said Ronda Rousey fuck. goes over, yeah. ankle hurt. Fuck off, Miranda Morales. Liv yeah. Morgan cashes in like it was on there. I know people. that's it. It was on the format. I swear to God. I swear to God. I swear to God. Oh, confirmed. They do this on fucking purpose. Confirmed. Confirmed. Confirmed that they confirmed. fucking do this to piss me off. But confirmed. Whatever. Money plan. Absolutely confirmed. Hundred percent. It's it's. <laughs> oh man. Yes. So Greg, before we finish, real quick, you had talked about you went to SmackDown on Friday, uh, in Phoenix. Uh, you had kind of talked a little bit about your experience there. But any other things going to SmackDown? Uh on Friday, kind of yes. just from your perspective. And I'll keep it brief because um, if they people listen to the Greg DeMarco show, they heard most of this. couple things. Number one, um, if you're a fan like us, if you're a podcaster, if you've been doing this stuff for years, if you follow it on the internet at all, don't go to a SmackDown or a Raw. Just don't. It sucks. <gasps> it's, there's so much downtime literally we had this experience and, and my wife and I were there like, and the best example was the new day, the new day made their entrance and the Viking Raiders did not come out. I'm sorry. The new and vicious Viking Raiders. That's their full name. Now did not come out for 10 minutes after the new day came out. Cause there was also like a segment because segment they didn't with, air. Yeah. yeah. With, with Ronda Rousey an interview and then they did all this and literally Kofi Kingston spent most of that 10 minutes at ringside talking to fans. Xavier Wood spent most of that 10 minutes in the crowd on the other side of the barrier with security having to come around and find him because it was dark because they're playing the video. So it's not even a lot of light on him and he's in the crowd like messing with people. Um, There's just so much downtime and so many commercials. And it's really funny too, because if you look on the screen, you can tell and my wife was the one who pointed this out. They're showing you the action in the ring on the screen like they always do. But when they're at commercial, there's no hashtag SmackDown or any other. There's no WWE on Fox logo in the other corner. That disappears during commercial and comes back on when they come back. So we would know when they're at commercial and when they're not at commercial. And it's funny because everybody talks about Shotzi botching like hell during Money in the Bank. She was botching like hell on Friday too. It was just all during commercial and nobody saw it. Yeah. Um, so that's that. Uh, but here's the biggest takeaway from that. Two big takeaways. Number one, and my wife wrote this in her blog post, and it, and I loved it. She looked over at me and she was just like, your shows are way better than this. And that made me feel really good. Um, but here's the bigger thing. And I've used this phrase before, and I use it all the time on social media. And, and it's just confirmation that I'm right. This ain't for us. Mm-hmm. This is not for us. I went to the restroom before the four-way started. And on my way to the men's restroom, to pass the women's restroom. And coming out of the women's restroom was a mother and four daughters. Okay? Latina family. Mother was wearing a red and yellow Hulkamania shirt. Daughters were all wearing WWE Superstar t-shirts and were all carrying replica championships. And they could not be happier to be there. Needed to get back. Match is going to start. So excited to be at SmackDown. That's who this is for. Mm -hmm. This is for, people say grannies and kids. This is for kids and families. It's not for us. It's not for you. It's not for me. It's not for anybody who complains about the product on Twitter. 
And all their complaints are trying to make it for them. But WWE has no reason to make it for you. If business goes in the tank and the only thing left are the hardcore fan base, they'll change the product. Yep. And then when all the fans come back, they'll change it back to what it is now. They'll go to the edgier product you want to see when they need to. And it could happen. It's a long future ahead of us. But as I was there, I realized that's who this is for. And I've known it. But to see it in execution. Yeah. It's, I, it's, I think it's If it's I was such a 100% different... sure before, I'm 150% sure now. Yeah, it's very different when you're on your couch on Mondays and Fridays watching Raw or SmackDown and thinking, you know, what are they doing? What are they like this? Whatever your thoughts are. Why are they pushing right. this guy? Why are they doing this? It's very different when you go to a live event to see all of those fans, you know, and some of people may not, you know, put that to the casual fan or the WWE only fan, but that's who comes. That's who pays for tickets. That's who buys pay-per-views and merch. So we don't see that in our own bubble, but they see it because they see all of that money coming in the ticket sales, the merchandise sales, the social media, uh, you know, interactions, they see it. So, they book and air and program for the masses, period. You know, because ew, the great fun conundrum of that is of the thousands of people who go to those WWE shows, a very small percentage even know about independent wrestling. They, especially yep. at the local scene, they have no idea that local wrestling promotions exist or local wrestling exists. They only see what's on television. Yeah. And so that is exactly as to what you were alluding to, Greg. What is more of a casual fan or just more of a you know fan who's a WWE fan versus a pro wrestling fan? Yep, and they are WWE fans. I texted you during the show our ongoing joke about the 24-7 championship. Yes. How many yes. referees did I say I saw? Just one. And that's the only referee I saw the whole night. What? Okay. It's the only referee I saw. One the whole referee. Night. Wow. Numbers. Okay. Royal Rumble. Times have, Times have changed. Times have changed. Okay. But that's one more thing. I saw one more referee shirt than I saw AEW shirt. Really? I saw zero. I didn't even think about AEW when I was there. I saw zero references to AEW in the crowd the entire night. Zero references to, to CM Punk, Daniel Bryan Danielson, Dean Ambrose, John Moxley, Claudio Cesaro, any of them. I saw none of that. What about any Cody? Like AEW Cody? No. Really? Didn't. And this is, we don't, I mean, this is a WWE town. Like, this is not an AEW town. Like, no, yeah, exactly. This is AEW not AEW. comes here. They ain't drawing the 9,000 people that WWE just drew on. Friday night, like they're drawing, they're running a small, they're running the GCU arena and, and hoping to get their 4,000 in there that, that TNA got when they did bound for glory in there. Like this is, there are some dynamites that have 3000 people at them. Like that's what would happen and it would be heavily papered. And that's why they haven't run here. Yeah. Because it doesn't not, make sense for this them. This is their market. And, and they can see, they have data to know who's watching from what areas mm -hmm. they have it on YouTube. They have it on, on TBS and, and TNT, they know who's watching and where they're from, and they know it ain't Phoenix. And that's fine. They, they have it run yeah. here, and that's, that's good business, you know, and maybe someday, I'm sure they will someday. And I'm sure we'll go, and, and we'll, we'll see how it is, and we'll see all of that. 
But you said something interesting earlier. You talked about on our couch. Why do we do this? Why do that? And, and my wife also made a great observation. I don't think made it into her blog. But what she said to me, she looked over to me and Holly goes, you watch this differently than everybody else in the building. She's like, I can see it now. She's like, you mm-hmm. watch this because you're, you're, you're wanting to see what they do, but you want to see how they do it. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, you're, you're like, that's, and that's how I've been watching wrestling since I was a kid. Like, that's the weird thing yeah. about it. Like, I always talked about how, like, I was born to promote wrestling events. I did a project in middle school that we had to do a project in middle school. And it was like, it was, I don't remember what class it was, but it had to be like a, some kind of business thing. Right. And, and it, I think it, you had to have a budget. And I remember sixth grade me, maybe I called up the Richmond center, which is a convention center. And I asked what it would cost to rent oh my gosh. a room you were booking. for a wrestling event. You booked in sixth grade. In sixth grade, maybe it was seventh grade. It was, I know it was in middle school. And I already looked into, and I'm sure I budgeted all stupid stuff that wasn't true, especially back then. But I looked at because that's just always how I thought about it. We'd go somewhere as a kid, and I'd be like, you could put a wrestling ring in here. Like, this is just what I've – and now here I am, years later, putting on wrestling events. Still going places and being like, I think you could put a wrestling ring in here. Um, But could I fit enough people? Back then, I was like, I could fit a ring in here. Now I'm like, well, what would it cost? What would I have to draw? Like, it's, Well, because you're a grown-up running an actual promotion. Yeah. yeah, you're a grown-ass man. So but I've always thought that more. way, and I've always gone to wrestling – now, when I was a little kid at the Nassau Coliseum watching the Junkyard Dog and Terry Funk, no, I didn't think that way. But at some point, because I think even sixth grade me that went to the Virginia Wrestling Association probably saw this thing and was like, anybody could do this. Like, and, and it was just in my blood. Like that entrepreneurial spirit was just there. But I do, I watch it like that. When I watch a pay-per-view, I watch to see if, you know, the, the things I figured were going to happen, happen. And yes or no, How'd they get there? Because that's mm-hmm. what matters. Just like in a match, right? And, and, and your future husband can attest to this. What happens between the moves is way more important than the moves themselves. Well, in wrestling, Very it's true. the same way. What happens between the, the, the developments, between this person winning, between this person becoming money in the bank, between all that? How do we get to the next step? That's what matters. That's what draws people in in the future. Mm-hmm. And that's how I watch it. And that was another observation she made. She was like, you watch this differently than 9,000 other people in this building right now. And it's a blessing and a curse. It really is. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. You know too much. You know, sometimes you can't just enjoy it. And I think I that's can. overall. I can't enjoy it. I just enjoy it differently. Because I still mm-hmm. get enjoyment that's out right. of that. And if I stopped getting enjoyment out of it, I'd probably stop promoting. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I'd have to move on to something else. And, yeah. and, but, but no, I still do get enjoyment out of it, but it's not the enjoyment that nearly anybody else gets. I, <laughs> some people say they can't watch as a fan anymore. I can watch as a fan of the business, I guess. Mm-hmm. But even that's a, cause I don't think I'm watching it as a fan when I do that. I think I'm just trying to shoehorn that in there. Maybe I don't watch it as a fan, but I do still enjoy it. I just enjoy it for different reasons than pretty much yeah. everybody else. And so you got to have a better, you know, I think as you evolve as a fan, you figure out what you're watching for. Um, I think for some fans, that's where the idea of hate watch, like it became so routine. I know for me, it was like what I did every Monday for years. And it was a routine just as much as anything else. And then, you know, after a while, you, you 
evaluate, am I just doing this because that's what I do every Monday night or do I like it? So, and and sometimes no, and sometimes you realize you just do it out of repetition. Sometimes you don't know what else you would do on Monday nights other than just complain about how much you don't like what you're watching or on Fridays or any other day of the week, you know, whatever you're watching. Not really. We have more things to watch now than ever before. Yes. Wrestling and non-wrestling. Mm-hmm. Yep. So very interesting observations, Greg, uh, from your live experience at SmackDown. Um, also, just a reminder that, too, as fans, uh, please support your local wrestling promotions. And I am preaching to the choir because if you are listening to this podcast, you obviously are pretty well versed in independent wrestling. It is the other fans uh there that need to recognize the beauty that is independent wrestling but that's a conversation for another day someone with you next time you go take someone with you yeah and if you're coming to mind buy tickets in advance (laughs) but wherever you go wherever you are yes wherever you go over the place if you've never gone just go yeah and then tell us i went because of you guys i miranda morales i went because of you she'll freak out and, and and love you forever but just go and and you're gonna have to trust us. Yeah, and God trust help us. you go to a good one. <laughs> yeah, you can't don't don't give don't put that on me if you go to one that's not so great because maybe you tried. one of us a message and be like, hey, what about this one? And we can be like, yeah, yeah just if not. you want to vet if you want to vet some like text you know not text us message us uh, just reach out just be like, hey, I'm thinking about going to this one and we'll be like, oh yeah, no, sounds good or like. Yeah. Um, Is it free? Maybe. Yeah. yeah. Or, you know, what are you into, bro? Because this might not be your cup of tea. Um, Just trust us. But just trust us. Like, if you have never gone or uh, try and take a a friend who's never gone because it's a much, it's a very, very different experience than the big WWE shows. Very different. And I'm, I'm, I'm personally thankful that I went to an independent wrestling show. I was much later in life, you know, in my late twenties when I went to my very first independent wrestling show in Albuquerque and it literally changed my life. And apparently me going in sixth grade as well. Yeah. So who knows? Like maybe you'll, you'll meet your future best friend there or possibly your future husband. I don't know these things. I'm just, I'm just talking out of term, but you know, but you'll have fun, but you'll have fun, have fun and it happens. So go ahead and, and do that. Literally what happened to me, Greg, those are all things that literally happened to me True. by going to an intimate wrestling show. So, huh? Interesting. What's really funny is the one where you met your best friend. You literally had no reason to be there because they had no plan for you whatsoever. Oh, yeah. No. Yeah. I've gone to wrestling shows where there's been no plans for me, you know, and uh, still met some some great people. Yes. You will. That's what wrestling is. Yeah. Yeah. That's what wrestling is. So that's it for this week's episode of the Hashtag Miranda Show. Thank you all so much for listening. Don't forget to follow us on social media. You can find me, Miranda Morales, at the Hashtag Miranda, hashtag spelled out on Instagram and Facebook. No Twitter. But if you're on Twitter, go ahead and follow Greg DeMarco at ChairShotGreg on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, as well as TheChairShot.com on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And of course, listen to the podcast on the ChairShot Radio Network, which you can find on TheChairShot.com. TheChairShot.com.
always use your head. If you are listening to this show on your favorite uh, podcast streaming platform like iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. Subscribe and get a notification anytime a new episode of the Hashtag Miranda Show drops. You can leave a five-star rating and, of course, a review. Let us know your thoughts on the show, topics, content, things we should, shouldn't talk about. Who knows? Go ahead and leave it in the reviews. And one last time, Greg, where can our listeners find information on IZW? They can go to at IZW Wrestling AZ on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, or IZWWrestling.com. Yes. And don't forget, Phoenix Championship Wrestling uh, is hosting uh, live on Broadway on Saturday, July 16th. That is next Saturday. Tickets. And information is available at pcwaz.com and at Phoenix Wrestles on social media. And again, don't forget to support your local independent promotions. If you aren't able to go to a event live, like their social media, buy their merch, like your IZW t-shirt that you can find at prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the chair shot. You can get them in various size, shades, and styles including soft style so get comfortable get good looking and get your t-shirts at prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the chair shot well for greg demarco i'm ryan morales thank you so much for listening and don't forget to keep it soft style You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.